In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with Courtney about the art of fighting, how to bring yourself to a discussion, how to apologize, and so much more. You guys, this conversation was so fruitful and just so engaging, and I'm so excited for you all to hear it. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Call to Marriage. We are in the thick of it of our military marriage and family series. And I'm very excited because I am bringing back Courtney to talk about the art of quote unquote fighting. And so Courtney, if you just want to introduce yourself for the listeners who may be newer and remind our older listeners who you are, that would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Kelly for having me on again. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, So I am a clinically trained relationship coach and sexuality educator. Uh, I work with high-performing individuals who are looking to be as successful in their relationships as they are in their careers. That is awesome. And I had Courtney on when we were talking about deployments. Um, So we also have an episode on call to marriage that is about intimacy from a long distance and how do you build intimacy over a long distance or a period of separation. So if you are interested in that, check it out because it is honestly such a good conversation. But today's conversation is sort of on the flip side of intimacy. (laughs) And that is when you are in the thick of it, marriage isn't always perfect. I know that my husband and I um, have learned that and we're growing through everything and every season. But a lot of times there are moments in a marriage where it gets really hard and you do fight and you do argue. And so I wanted to bring Courtney on to talk about the art of fighting. How do you fight or how do you have a discussion in a respectful, loving way and in a way that is productive and isn't destructive to your relationship? And so, Courtney, I want to kick this fight off with something that, you know, we've talked about and it's how do you fight with an open mind? You know, I feel like if you have a different kind of upbringing, your style of fighting or your style of conversation is going to be totally different from someone who has the opposite upbringing to you. So how do you come to a conversation with that, that open mind and, and balancing your fighting styles? Yeah, absolutely. So before I we get into uh, upbringing, because that absolutely has a huge impact on mm-hmm. how we fight, I think it's really important to remember that arguments happen when one person values something differently than the other. Yeah. And so just keeping that in mind and, and really reframing how you approach arguments and our disagreements and why they happen. So for example, if one person values saving money versus spending it, mm. that's, that's a value, right? They value saving money. The other persons may value being able to go on vacation when they want or to buy a purse or a handbag when they want. Um, another example would be your partner is late for dinner or for that party that you've told them like a million times what time it starts. 
And so maybe they value finishing a project or they value their work and being there until completion versus being on time. So we like to think that arguing, that we're arguing about an issue, but we're actually arguing values. Yeah. And it's like our values represent us. They are tied to our morality and how we view the world. And this is one big reason why many of us take arguments so personally, because it's not just about how much sex one partner thinks we should have. It's, it's tied to a value where on the one hand, this person, this partner values physical affection and that they feel like that, you know, increasing sex and intimate physical intimacy will bring us closer. Whereas the other partner may value that they don't want to do something unless they're in the mood and they don't want to feel like they have to, um, you know, perform or do whatever. So mm -hmm. when we're arguing, it's really about whose value is more important. No, I think that is such a good a good way to look at an argument because I do think we take it so personally because to us it is personal. A value is so deeply personal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you had mentioned, you know, vacations, and I think I can count on one hand how many times my husband and I have actually fought, fought, but you know, that oh, is good. like like I value vacation and he <clears throat> is more so like I need to work and I need to get stuff done. And so being able to have that conversation of, hey, I've, and you know, I come from a family that we would go on a small vacation every year because we valued that time together. And so mm -hmm. again, it just all ties into what do you, exactly do you value? What do you see as important to you? And does your partner see it the same way or do they see it differently? Mm -hmm. And so I want to circle to that to talk about where I think a lot of our values come from. Maybe we don't fully know that that's where they come from but I think a lot of times the values that I bring to a relationship I collected from the values that my parents exhibited absolutely in mm -hmm. their marriage and in our family and I know that my husband brings things of that nature from his family as well and we have different upbringings and different values from there and so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the role that upbringing can play in in the fighting style Right. Absolutely. Like it is. So when we are growing up, like we are witnessing and seeing certain behaviors and values played out. That is where values are modeled the most is in our family of origin. And so what I see, even with my husband and I, so like I grew up, I never went camping as a kid. Like my mom hates camping has no interest in it. And so we just never went my husband's family went camping like every single weekend. And so when he, you know, had these ideas of like what we're going to do when, you know, we have time off, he's mm -hmm. like camping gear. I remember when we were registering for our wedding, you know, like at Target with the little guns, you know, yep. and he's like, all right, well, we got to register for this. And I was like, uh, why, why, why do we need a tent? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, wait, what, <laughs> you know? And it's just, we have these expectations because that was what was modeled for us growing up. And, you know, you don't really, you have some exposure, you know, to like how other families, your friends' families and how they do things. But for the most part, like, this is what we do when in the summers, we go camping or we go hiking or we go to spas or whatever. And so mm -hmm. it's really important to one, be aware of those expectations that you have and what was modeled for you. It's not that they're good or bad because they're neither. It's just what you have come to expect. And then being able to have that conversation about, 
hey, so I know that you, you have like a four day coming up, like, what are your thoughts on what we should do with that time off? And as opposed to, oh, hey, I want to. And it's not that there's anything wrong with advocating for your needs, because obviously I'm a big fan of that. But it's if you approach it and you automatically put your partner on the defense of like, whoa, whoa, you you already had this all planned out. And, you know, like, where do, where do I fit into this? Yeah. Um, you can easily avoid that. But by just saying like, hey, what are your thoughts on? Can we talk about this and explore some options? Definitely. I think you're touching on something which is level setting expectations. So like, mm. what are you expecting to get out of this partnership? What is your partner expecting to get out of it? You know, what are you expecting to have happen in your free time? What do you have? What are you expecting to happen in, um, you know, family get togethers or family gatherings? Is that something that you're expecting to have happen? I know I came into this marriage expecting that, you know, we were going to go to Disney world every year. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. my family valued going to Disney and I don't really understand where it even came from. Right. But they do and they valued. And my husband is not a Disney person. And so he was like, <laughs> what do you mean going to Disney? Why would we go to Disney? Let's just like go to a beach somewhere. Right. Like, right. No, but, but Disney, I'm like a it's Disney a thing. As much as the average person. Sorry. <laughs> my husband. <laughs> is chiming in from the background saying to clarify (laughs) he values Disney as much as the average person do not come for him in the comments but (laughs) it is it's it's level setting expectations and understanding that and so I think we're going down a really awesome path now and that is you know what are tools that you can be bringing to these conversations so that these conversations don't turn into full-blown arguments because I think they're there is a difference between a quote unquote fight and an argument. And a fight is you're fighting for your values and your expectations, but you're also mm-hmm. being respectful. An argument is a full, can become a full-blown war from, from what I've seen. And so what are tools you think that listeners could be bringing with them into these fights to make them more palatable, more, more loving and more honoring to their partner? Yeah, absolutely. I, so I think knowing what it is that you are trying to accomplish. So am I trying to convince my spouse that Disney is like, obviously the only way to take a vacation (laughs) or am I trying to engage and have a conversation with them about vacation options? And a lot of times we become so attached to our perspectives, our viewpoints, our um, worldviews that we would like die because, you know, like that's how we approach it, right? We would die on this hill because we yes. are so, no, we are right. You are wrong. Yes. And, and so we have to really approach it. Like my job is not to convince him or her that, that I'm right and they're wrong. And so often that's how we approach these uh, arguments or, yeah. or fights. And so what I would encourage listeners to do is just like one first stop is just like be in check, like be aware of like how tied I am to this issue. So if this is a real, really like um, big value, or this is something that it means so much to me, and I am just like, I cannot even separate myself from the issue, Mm. then I need to do some work to get to that point where I am able to objectively, or at least less emotionally discuss this topic with them because they're, they're your partner, right? Like you guys are on the same team, you're on the same side. And yet so often when we have these like views or uh, like 
issues that we would like hold on to for dear life, we forget that we're in a partnership and we're fighting for the same thing. Oh, a hundred percent. I think we forget that we're going to battle with somebody who's on this, you know, on the same side. And so often Mm -hmm. we kind of view it as, you know, they're team blue and I'm team red when in reality, exactly. And I think too, I a hundred percent catch myself doing that with items that I am passionate about, Mm -hmm. like family gatherings, spending holidays with my side of the family over, you know, Mm -hmm. your side of the family, we should go to my side of the family and then having to take a step back and, and realizing, Hey, I'm getting way too emotionally invested in this and getting way too spun up. And I am going on the, the offensive or the defensive. Right. So hundred percent remembering that you're a partnership, you're a team and you're on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's for first tip. Second tip is like, find a time that's good to connect. So if you know that this has been an issue, um, you know, like a, a heated issue in the past, like bringing it up right when they walk in the door after like a long day of work, or if they're like on a deadline and they're like, you know, their hands are at their head and they're like staring at the computer and they just feel like, again, not a great time to bring it up. Um, and I, I've heard, you know, some clients will be like, well, there's never a good time to bring it up with them. They're always so busy. They're always so whatever. And so I would, I encourage my clients to say, hey, is there a good time that I can get on your schedule or that we can um, set up a time to talk about uh, the up- kids' upcoming break or the four-day weekend or whatever it is? And so that way, again, <clears throat> you're not dropping the bomb. You're not, you yeah. know, stirring the pot. You are just advocating for an opportunity for you to to sit down and chat about an issue that needs to be discussed. Yeah, 100%. So that would be my second thing. And then again, like really check your mindset when you're coming into <clears throat> these conversations and give your partner the permission to believe and feel what they want to feel. Mm-hmm. So so often it's like, well <laughs> you shouldn't be mad about this. Like, oh my gosh, like, geez, like what's the big deal, you know? And so we have these expectations, not only for what they should believe, but for how they should act and how they should feel about something. And it's not our job to control how they're feeling, how they're processing, how they're reacting to what you're bringing up. That doesn't mean that you need to be a jerk and be flippant with your comments. But again, just being aware of like, it's not my job to convince them that this is the right way. My job in this case is to be able to effectively communicate my needs and desires or my expectations and be open to hearing what theirs are as well. Mm, Yeah. Just, I'm resonating so much with what you're saying. So I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, a hundred percent. So those are awesome, awesome tips. And I a hundred percent with the, with the number two of picking a time, Mm -hmm. like, to add to that, right before like they wake up or right before they go to bed, also to in my personal experience, right. not good times to bring things up. Right. Because one, they're 100 percent not aware, or two, they're so exhausted that yep. their brain is already shut off. So yep. <laughs> excellent tip. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so now that we've had tools, I want to preface everything by saying these aren't always going to make arguments go away. Mm -hmm. And 
I think in marriage, especially if it's something that's so emotional or that it becomes so heated, you know, that they will turn into arguments and they will, you know, get out of hand and things may be said that aren't necessarily meant, but said in the heat of the moment. I know that sometimes as humans, we tend to say things to wound the other person, especially if it's an emotionally charged conversation, because maybe that's how we go on offensive or that's when we get defensive. So if we get to that place in a discussion where it turns into an argument and it blows way out of proportion, Mm -hmm. I want to talk now about the different ways to apologize and how you Mm -hmm. approach an apology. Because at least in my experience, in my household, with my family growing up, when you apologized, you sat down and you said, I'm sorry for doing this. And that was an apology. And that was meaningful and that was you know what made it a true Mm -hmm. apology where um with my husband he hates the word I'm sorry and he would much rather see action and change and improvement Mm -hmm. instead of hearing I'm sorry over and over and over again and so I want to I want to have this conversation just to sort of wrap everything up in a bow but you know what are the different ways to to apologize what are the different apology types yeah. Your husband sounds a lot like mine and <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's similar to, uh, like the five love languages. If people are familiar mm-hmm. with that by Gary Chapman, which I absolutely love. Um, they found five apology languages, which I had never heard of until recently. And it just made so much sense because I've had people apologize to me and not feel like it still felt unsettled, even my yeah. spouse, right? Because yeah. typically how we like to be apologized to is how we apologize to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the five love languages, there's five apology languages. So they're expressing regret, accepting responsibility, making restitution, genuinely re- repenting mm-hmm. and requesting forgiveness. And these look like, you know, different things for different people. But, um, I know for me, the biggest one is accepting responsibility. Like, I don't want to care how, I I don't care what you're going to do in the future. I care about you seeing what you did and recognizing that, right. Take responsibility for your Mm -hmm. actions. And it's funny because even when our kids will mess up, you know, and make mistakes, um, how I expect them to apologize is so different than how my husband expects them to apologize. So I would just encourage listeners to be aware of their apology style and see how it lines up with their, their partners. And if it's one where you're like, Oh yeah, no, I get it. How can I speak my partner's, um, language, Mm -hmm. their apology language so that they feel like that closure and resolution. Yeah. And I think too, on that, if your partner is apologizing in a way that isn't resonating with you, it's, it's a hundred percent. Okay. To have that conversation with them saying, Hey, if you know, in the future, we have another situation, this is how, like, this is how I view an apology. And this is what an apology means to me, because if it's not resonating with you, there can be a seed I hate mm-hmm. like a little, like a little seed that grows and it just Absolutely. says nasty things about your partner to you. They don't care or gosh, they're so annoying or blah, blah, blah. And if you don't check mm-hmm. it, that seed begins to grow. And then that is a whole other route of just downhill, no fun, but yeah. there are things you can do to prevent that seed from, from blossoming. And one of them is communicating, but also to communicating 
needs and how you need things to be presented to you. Mm-hmm. So if, if your partner is, you know, like mine and, and saying, I'm sorry for doing this doesn't work. And instead they want to say, I'm sorry, this is what I will do in the future. So it doesn't happen. Switch up your apology or have, you know, tell them exactly what kind of apology you need. Absolutely. Yep. I, I love it. Mm. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I think it's an important conversation, especially with military families, because, you know, especially during times of separation or times of stress or anything of that nature, which military life has plenty of, (laughs) it is important to know how to communicate and how to have productive conversations and have productive apologies. And so Courtney, I just want to thank you so much for coming on again. And I would just love for you to tell everybody what you have going on, where they can find you, all of that awesome information. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Again, this is, I love coming on and it's always such a privilege. So thank you. Um, yeah, so you can find me, um, on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook at, um, Courtney Boyer coaching. And, uh, I have a free self coaching guide if you're interested in that. So you can grab that at, uh, my website, which is the stepping stones, uh, slash free guide. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on Courtney. If again, if you want to find Courtney, I'll be having all of her links on Instagram, um, under her post. So just go on there, check it out. If you are listening for the first time, thank you so much for joining. You are more than welcome to email any questions at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Instagram at call to marriage. If you are listening on Apple podcasts, please like rate and subscribe, leave a review. It genuinely helps the podcast and it helps me know specifically the type of content um, that we're producing is, is impactful and meaningful to you. And so again, thank you so much to Courtney. Thank you so much to our listeners. The growth of this podcast has been exponential and it just makes me so excited to continue to find awesome resources for you guys and just help you navigate this roller coaster of a life. So with that, I will talk to everyone again soon. Bye. Bye.